Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the Anthony Edwards season review. What Ant did so much better this season, what he still needs to work on. He didn't quite make that John Morant-like third-year leap, but he really improved in a lot of carriers. We're going to break it all down on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day and happy final player season review show. We're talking Ant today. Tons to get to. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. It's not just this show. It's all the other Lockdown Minnesota shows. Uh, You can download that app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at my account, which is at bbeacon. With two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Uh, Today, we're concluding the season player review series. Um, Of course, some of the themes we've talked about over the past couple of weeks will certainly come up over the course of the offseason as we evaluate potential trade opportunities, uh, player movement, et cetera. But um, we're going to cap it all off by talking to Anthony Edwards today. And at first glance, Anthony Edwards' season is, well, I, I don't know, not even at first glance. I think the easiest way to say it is it's absolutely a mixed bag because if coming into the season, I talked about this uh, last offseason back in the fall, um, the Timberwolves were looking for a Ja Morant-like third-year leap. Ja was pretty mediocre his first couple seasons in the league, exciting but not super productive. Year three, he exploded, um, which was last year. Anthony Edwards seemed to be following the same trajectory. A lot of the the numbers were similar. There was a lot of the same kind of, you know, the there, there's obviously differences between the two players, but uh, not always efficient offense. The so-so shooting early in the career, uh, at least for Ant, that's still the case for Ja. Explosive getting to the basket, um, spotty defense, et cetera. But my argument was, it was already ahead defensively. He was already ahead as a shooter. It was just figuring out some of the other stuff. Weirdly, this season, Ant figured out some of that other, we'll get into this, the quote-unquote stuff. But in general, his production was still not, it wasn't quite the leap that we were all hoping for. Um, Now, he did make the All-Star team for the first time in his career, and I thought that was deserved. And there were some nagging injuries, et cetera, illness, second half of the season that certainly slowed him down. Um, But there were some areas that he just didn't improve quite as quickly. And I want to start with the positives. Um, And also saying that, I think that Ant is Ant is one of the um, relatively rare cases of a player who I think got better in a lot of areas and is a legit all-star, but some of the advanced metrics don't do a great job of painting that picture. And I don't say this very often. Like, for instance, um, we we know the Timberwolves owners are big fans of wind shares. That came out when the Rudy Gobert conversation was, um, or when the trade was made, and you know there was all this talk about, hey, they love wind shares, they know Rudy you know, crushes it in wind shares. Uh, it's over at basketballreference.com. 
Anthony Edwards actually went down in win shares this year. His win shares per 48 dropped pretty significantly by 20 points. And looking at that, you'd say, okay, well, he's barely a starting caliber player if you go by win shares. I actually don't think win shares does a great job of measuring Anthony Edwards. So in a similar way that it can overrate bigs like Rudy Gobert in some ways because of the rebounding block rate emphasis, I think it can underrate players like Anthony Edwards. And I actually, like, I, you go on down the line, we're about to do that. Ant improved in a lot of categories. It just maybe wasn't as much improvement as at least that I was hoping for in, in year three. Um, but it's a little strange to me that his, like, even that his win shares number dropped a little bit because going category by category, he didn't regress in very many areas at all. So let's go on down the line here. Um, every single year in Ant's career, and this this is part of what's impressive is not you know as a rookie as a nineteen year old second year twenty year old third year twenty one year old so we're talking about still a painfully young person he hasn't turned twenty two until August so he spends the entire year at that age um, he was he was a young nineteen in his rookie season right every single season of his career Anthony Edwards has improved in all these categories number one three point percentage that matters now his volume went down a little bit this year we'll talk about shot selection later. Um, in some instances, that was good. You know, he did shoot more at the rim, which is great, but he also shot more long twos, which is not great. Transition decision-making sometimes not great. But the point here is the three-point shooting percentage incre- has increased every year. He was 33% as a rookie, uh, 35.7% last season. This season, 36.9%, just a shade below 37%. So really, right in line with with league average. What the league shoot this year? Um, the league shot, league shooting percentage, or the league average three-point shooting percentage was 36-1. He shot 36-9. So slightly above league average from three. We know the range is limitless. We know he could pull from anywhere. He's very good catch and shoot. He's great off the dribble. Um, he should shoot more catch and shoot, less off the dribble, by the way, which goes to the shot selection we'll talk about later. But in general, um, he he's just improved the three-point shooting every year. And, and and that's important, right? And that was one of the big things last year was, hey, if he's going to shoot eight and a half threes per game, he's got to shoot better than 35.5%. And he did improve it by more than a percentage point. And if he does that every year, I mean, we're talking a 40% three-point shooter just a couple seasons. And, and I think anything in that 37 to 39 range is more than acceptable for somebody who's going to get a huge volume of shots up at the rim in general in Anthony Edwards. So that's super encouraging to see. He's improved his free throw rate each season of his career. His free throw rate, uh, well, I guess technically the free throw rate was the same rookie year, second year. This year, he had a great leap to .274. What that means is for every, uh, well, there's a couple different ways to look at this. For every field goal attempt, he's attempting .274 free throws, or uh, you could say 27% of the time when he's attempting a field goal attempt, he gets a free throw for it. That's a weird way to say it, but that's that's another way you could frame that. The uh, the free throws per game have increased as well, which is is a not as clean of a way to look at it, but it's it's maybe more simpler to understand. He averaged three point eight free throws per game as a rookie, three point nine last year, five point three free throws per game this year. The percentage dipped a little bit to from seventy nine percent to seventy six percent essentially, but still for his career seventy seven percent. So obviously you'd like to see that stabilize a little. There was that stretch in the middle of the season where he really struggled from the line. Feels like more of a focus thing and kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of, man, I'm struggling at the line, so I'm going to keep missing, Uh, which is weird because that's not really Ant's mentality in general, but you could kind of see it getting in his head when he got to the free throw line a little bit this year where he was like demonstrably upset with himself for missing a free throw. Um, 
I, hopefully that improves with maturity and experience. Uh, it's not a major deal at all, but just pointing out that the free throw percentage did dip by three points this year for Ant. Um, other categories that he's continued to improve in. His effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage were both up. Um, remember, effective field goal percentage measures uh, or weights three-pointers um, correct correctly compared to two-pointers. It was barely up. It was up by a tenth of a percent. Uh, but the field goal percentage in general was up. The three-point percentage was up. And then also the true shooting was up, which factors in free throws as well. Um, so we saw that go up by, by uh, four-tenths of a point. Um, so good to see those numbers improve, right? Like that's, it's very small. It's incremental improvement, but they're trending in the right uh, percent or the right direction, I should say. The most impressive thing for me this season is his rebound rate. The rebound rate improved. And we talked about this last off season pretty extensively. When I previewed the season for Ant, rebounding was a huge deal because the Wolves were an awful rebounding team last season. Ant is too big, too athletic, too strong, too capable to have a 7.5% rebound rate like he did in his sophomore season in the NBA, which, said another way, is averaging, what did he average, 4.8 rebounds per game. But you're talking about a guy that averages almost 35 minutes a game. He's got to get more than five rebounds a game. Well, he improved that this year. The rebound rate for him, I would say, jumped from 12, or excuse me, from 7.5% his second season to 9% this year. Um, now, it leveled off a little bit towards the end of the season. And again, injury, illness, et cetera, plays into that, certainly. Uh, but he saw his defensive rebound rate jump by almost three and a half points, 3.4 points. That's positive improvement. And it's more than just, you know, half a percent. To see 7.5 to 9% is great. Now, he's got to take it over 10. He's got to take it to 11%, 11.5%. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but over the course of a game, if you're talking about an extra, even an extra rebound every two games, that matters. And the Timberwolves are still a miserable rebounding team this year. But Edwards is one of the few bright spots, right? Gobert wasn't as good as he was supposed to be, but he was good on the glass. Ant was very good. You know, they Nas was much better. He was much improved on the glass, but they need guys like Jade McDaniels and the guards in general. Um, it was a big issue with D'Angelo Russell early in the season. Mike Conley was marginally better. Um, you know, obviously all the other guards, right? We talked about Torian Prince really struggling, um, I guess more of a wing, but really struggling on the glass. They need more from you know, Jordan McLaughlin and, and Jalen Noel and, and those types of, those guys, it adds up, right? If they can all get an extra half rebound to rebound per game, well, Ant did his part in that category. And you really saw him starting to lock in, be more aggressive on the defensive glass. And his offensive rebound rate dipped a little bit, but that's okay when he's more concentrating on getting back on defense um, and, you know, getting more defensive rebounds. That's where the Wolves needed it more. And he really came through there. Um, all right. Next, I want to jump into assist rate. I want to talk about decision-making, uh, Ant as a facilitator and distributor, and then we'll get into some defense talk and also shot selection. So a few more positives about his season before we talk about things that need to uh, continue to improve for Ant. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our new friends at Bird Dogs. Uh, if you're not familiar with Bird Dogs, they are the most comfortable shorts and pants out there. Um, I absolutely look better and feel great wearing bird dogs. I actually got my first pairs of bird dog shorts this week, and they are phenomenal. They're extremely comfortable. They're really versatile, which is important because if you're going from, um, you know, a work function, which, you know, a more uh, a summer, more casual work function to a family function to just hanging out at the house, uh, like sitting in the backyard, grilling, uh, 
bird dogs are the absolutely most comfortable thing. You could do that, run to the store and not look like you've just been schlepping it around the house, but still feel comfortable the entire time. It's the absolute best uh, kind of combination to comfort and versatility is the best way to say it. The stretchy fabric makes my legs look fantastic. And that matters, right? We all, we all want to look good and feel good when we're wearing whatever it is we're wearing. They're comfier than every other pair of shorts and pants that I own. Absolutely. They give me freedom to wear a pair of shorts or pants uh, again, in the backyard, to the store, to a casual work function, whatever it is, um, it, it's absolutely the the best solution uh, when you're talking about, I mean, all year round, but specifically right now in summer, um, shorts, there, there's no better solution than bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com. You can go to birddogs.com slash NBA. If you're watching on YouTube, that URL is below. When you enter the promo code NBA. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. I got one of those this week as well, and it's legit. A couple pairs of shorts. I got this Yeti-style tumbler. It's great. You can get the tumbler, too, for free. Again, birddogs.com slash LockdownNBA. And don't forget to enter that promo code, LockdownNBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. A reminder, every dayers. Uh, we got a big guest coming up later this week. It'll be Friday. I'll announce it on Thursday's show. Uh, but we'll have a big national guest on Friday to talk Wolves. I'll ask him a number of questions about, well, about the uh, how how should we feel as Wolves fans after this season, the Rigo Bear acquisition, and yet a regression in terms of team performance. Also, Carlton Towns, the future of him with the team. What do the Wolves do with Nas Reed? All those questions and more posed to a very prominent national writer. Uh, we will talk about, I'll, I'll reveal that on Thursday. The conversation will be the show on Friday. All right. Continue the Anthony Edwards conversation. I listed all the different areas in which he's had clear improvement year over year. Three-point percentage, free throw rate, effective field goal percentage, and true shooting percentage. That's all tied together, right? Uh, rebound rate. The last one is assist rate. And this would be, I don't want to say it's more or less important than rebound rate. This was a more tangible improvement. Um, but it also, there's still a lot to be done here. So the assist rate for Ant as a rookie when he was playing almost entirely off the ball was 14.6%. Last year, it improved to 17.4%. This year, it was up to 19.3%. Assists per game for Anthony Edwards were up to 4.4 per game. So it's not crazy to think he could be in the five assists per game range next year. It, of course, came with a bump in turnover rate. Um, he also had a bump in usage rate this year, especially once D'Angelo Russell left. Uh, we saw this actually before Russell was traded. More and more, the offense was being run through Anthony Edwards, and so I think this happened more as a as a side effect, a positive side effect, I guess, um, as part of the Wolves just putting the ball in his hands more often. It's not like I don't think I, I did not see Ant just suddenly be that much better at passing. Um, in a, a broken floor situation, whether it's transition or if the offense breaks down or last second shot clock situation, like I don't know that he looks all that much more comfortable. I think the improvement in assist rate is more a function of him just simply having the ball in his hand more often and having more opportunities. In fact, the usage rate grew by more than the assist rate did. And by, you know, the turnover rate actually didn't grow that much, which implies that he's simply just shooting more. It's not that he's passing more. He's got the ball in his hands more and he's shooting more along with that though. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of numbers that we can that we can point at that that help us kind of you know break that down and and support that. Uh, so let's actually do that. Let's talk about let's talk about Anthony Edwards' passing ability, some of the B-ball index numbers when he's going to the basket, and then we'll talk about defense and lineup data here at the end of the show. So I mentioned his playmaking. 
it's it's actually pretty interesting. If you go to B-Ball Index, bball-index.com, they've got some really great stats related to, um, well, everything, but they break down finishing, they break down uh, dis- shot distribution and, and playmaking, I guess, is the category, is how they term it. So like, for instance, going to the basket um, related to shot distribution, that's improved a, quite a bit for Anthony Edwards. He shot the ball more at the rim this season. Um, according to basketball reference, he shot almost 30% of his shot attempts within three feet of the hoop, more than 15% between three and 10 feet. So you combine those and you're talking about roughly 45% of his shots, almost exactly 45% of his shots coming from within 10 feet. Last year, that number was only about 40%. So that's great. That's that's an improvement. And the percentage, by the way, is much improved there too. He shot 67.5% at the rim this year which is up from under 66% last year, up from 65% as a rookie. So that number is trending in the right direction. His shots in the paint in general, they've increased and the percentage has increased. So again, across the board, the shot selection is just continuing to improve, but there still is a lot of improvement, uh, room for improvement there. Related to shooting at the rim though, Anthony Edwards' unassisted rim field goal attempts per 75% per, per 75 possessions we're 98th percentile this year, meaning he's getting to the rim unassisted more than almost anybody else in the entire league. That's an A-plus at B-Ball Index. That's not surprising. Um, rim shot creation. So how is he creating shots for himself when he gets to the rim? It it's, uh, evaluates his ability to get to the rim and then essentially takes his unassisted volume uh, per 100 possessions and his unassisted rate at the rim. All that to say, 100th percentile, A-plus. He gets to the rim a bunch. He creates for himself. Uh, now, Oh, and also I should say his rim shot making. I talked about his percentage at the rim being like 67% this year or whatever, which is great. He's 92nd percentile in rim shot making at B-Ball Index. That's, again, an A. So it's his ability to finish once he gets to the rim. It also adjusts for degree of difficulty and exactly where the shots were taken from. So this is an all-encompassing rim shot making metric at B-Ball Index. 92nd percentile, an A. Finishing talent at B-Ball Index, which is his ability to get to and score at the rim. It's a function of that getting to the rim and finishing at the rim that I mentioned earlier. That's an A-plus also, 99th percentile for Anthony Edwards. So the numbers absolutely back up the eye test. Anthony Edwards can get to the rim whenever he wants, and he's fantastic at scoring when he gets there, good at drawing fouls. Um, You know, I think Wolves fans would say, Occasionally, he just misses the easy ones and makes the impossible ones. He's missed a couple of easy layups. He likes to go left hand. Occasionally, he'll miss an easy left-handed layup. But even baking all that in, he's one of the absolute best in the league, which just goes to show if he makes you know, 25% of those easy ones he missed, we're talking about astronomical scoring numbers. It just If he gets a couple more calls a game, by the way, which I've been saying all the way along, if he suddenly starts getting a whistle that's half what, say, like James Harden gets or... Uh, to name another Sixers player, Joel Embiid gets, uh, like you're talking about, I don't know, 30 plus points per game pretty quickly for Anthony Edwards. Now, playmaking, transitioning into an area that is improved, but must get a little bit better if he's going to truly reach superstar status. Under that finishing column in B-Ball Index, we see his drive pass out rate of only 24.8%. So under a quarter of the time is Ant driving and then leading to a pass out to a teammate. And, and I he should be driving to score, but it should also be greater than 25% of the time that he drives and kicks it to a teammate, whether that's dumping it to Rudy in the dunker spot. We know that spacing was messed up. We talked a lot about that on this show. Um, or kicking it to the corner to Mike Conley for a three or whatever that might be. 
But that 24.8% was 30th percentile grades out as a D at B-ball index. He's got to improve the drive pass out rate. Drive assist rate, which is, of course, the same thing. It's just how often does that pass convert to an assist was 41st percentile. Only 6.6% of the time when Ant drives, does he get an assist? So think about that. That's less than one out of every 10 times when Ant drives to the basket, does that drive lead to an assist? That's a C minus at B-ball index. Um, drive assist, uh, well, yeah, okay, that's the same thing. So there's also a drive assist per pass out. So a pass out of the paint. So taking out dump offs in the paint was 26.6%, which was 62nd percentile, still just a B minus, but better, which means that it was better at kicking it out than he was at dumping it off. And the Wolves were better at knocking down threes than Rudy or Cat or Nas or whoever was good at converting um, you know, dunks, layups at the rim off Anthony Edwards drives, uh, which says something about it. It says something about the Wolves bigs versus their perimeter shooters. Um, just another category that needs to, uh, that needs to improve. Um, playmaking as we continue down the B-ball index numbers, assist points per 75 possessions. So how many, how many total points are the Wolves gaining off of Anthony Edwards? Assists, 76 percentile. That's a B plus, which jives with the pass out number being better than the dump off number, meaning that Ant is converting to more threes um, with his kickouts when he does do that or when he's simply swinging the ball around the perimeter. We've seen that improve. Um, He's got some other numbers in here that are in in the in the B range, right? The high value assist per 75 possessions, which is basically uh, three point assists, free throw assists, and rim assists. So it's it's your typical you know Rockets circa fifteen years ago. The Chris Finch Rio Grande Valley Vipers, the analytical basketball threes, free throws, rim attempts, high volume assists per seventy five possessions. That's what that is. Seventy eighth percentile, uh, a B plus France. That's good. Passing creation quality, seventy ninth percentile, B plus. That's that assist by range on the court. So where are the assists leading to? Um, all these numbers are essentially Bs. Uh, so we're seeing the scoring, or excuse me, the playmaking improve for Anthony Edwards. It's not quite to where it needs to be at a star caliber level. I should also note, as long as we're at B-Ball Index, his scoring gravity, you don't need B-Ball Index to tell you this, but we'll let them give us the actual numbers. 97th percentile, that's an A+. The definition of that is uh, rim, mid-range, and three-point gravity. They can estimate the overall scoring ability, which, of course, opens the floor for playmaking, right? If you have more gravity, there's more passing lanes. Now, of course... Ant was getting the Luka defense a lot this year, the Devin Booker defense, the um, you know James Harden defense, where teams are trying to trap you in the middle of the floor. And that's an area where Ant continues or needs to continue to improve. It's the playmaking, right, in that situation. So while the gravity is really strong, he needs to make the right next pass. And we're also going to see those hockey assists, if you will, the pass that leads to an assist. That's going to increase for Anthony Edwards as well as we see him continue to improve there. All right, let's talk about defense lineups and what's next for Anthony Edwards. We'll do that here next. Anthony Edwards continues to improve on the defensive end of the floor. We talked before the season. I believe it was Zach Lowe. It was Zach Lowe at ESPN who talked about before the season on his podcast, the Low Post podcast, about Anthony Edwards being somebody who could be a candidate for an all-defensive team this year because he's that good on the ball. That absolutely was the case again this year. I thought his on-ball defense was almost identical to what it was in his second season, maybe incrementally better. I would probably argue that it was slightly better even this year. And I thought in general, the off-ball defense was improved too. Now, it needs to improve more. The, the consistency there still needs to be there. I, I always point to, um, or I, be, I pointed to this a couple times on the show, not always, just in the last few weeks. 
the second to last regular season game, that easy win over the San Antonio Spurs that Saturday before the Pelicans game when all hell broke loose. Um, Ant, like, didn't contest a shot for the most most of that game. Like, if you go back and watch it, like, the Spurs didn't have a whole lot of guys that Ant was getting up to guard one-on-one. The Spurs didn't have a whole lot of anything in that game. So, you know, I, on some level, I get it. On another level, like, hey, just bring that effort every night, and those defensive metrics will be there, and, and you know, NBA voters, awards voters who are just casually tuning into a league pass game on a Saturday afternoon are going to see you locking down random Spurs player. They're instead of seeing you play back and allow a jumper, even if the guy's not a good shooter, like just contest the shots in a smart way, right? Like it's those little things. We know Anthony Edwards can shut down literally anyone in the league one-on-one. He's that good, that good on ball defense. Like I, I would say locked in on ball defense you could argue he's a top five, certainly top 10 defender in this league. And that's not an exaggeration. And I think nationally, a lot of folks don't realize that. We're starting to hear it more on the national broadcast. We heard it in the playoffs a little bit from the national broadcast, the playing games, where the announcers are like, yeah, you know, he's a good on-ball defender. He's legit as an on-ball defender. The problem is the consistency. Will you defend, insert random San Antonio Spurs player on a Saturday matinee in April uh, will you defend random, you know, Charlotte Hornets player on a, Feb, uh, you know, Tuesday night in February? Remember, the Wolves lost to the Hornets twice this year. They lost to the Pistons a couple of times this year. Um, will you guard those random guys with at least 80% of the intensity you're going to guard John Morant on a Friday night on ESPN? That That is the next thing for Ant. Plus the off-ball defense, which again has improved. We're seeing the passing lane stuff. He's still, you know, at Beeble Index, he had a bronze medal for interceptor, which is essentially that. It's are you jumping passing lanes effectively and efficiently, smartly? That has improved. I think he's paid attention off ball quite. That's improved. Um, and again, the on-ball defense was already very, very good. It's continued to improve. So it's consistency from night to night with who you're guarding. And we could, I'm not going to get into usage tiers with Ant, but he guards tier one, tier two, tier three players a lot. Um, that's primarily, he actually was a little heavier in tier three, uh, but that's because you have Jade McDaniels, right? But you can put Ant on anybody and tell him, hey, go get us a stop, and he'll do it. Uh, it's just that night-to-night consistency is the biggest thing. I don't have anything else to say about his defense um, because I, I think that, that that's really all there is to say. Lineup data, similar to what I said with Towns and McDaniels, not a whole lot to glean because Ant's a good player. So the two-man lineups are all going to look really good. His best two-man pairing uh, that had any volume to it, you know, taking out the Matt Ryans, Josh Bynett's, not Nate Knights, which were all very good. Uh, his best two-man rating was Jordan McLaughlin, 340 minutes together, a plus 14.1. There was that stretch... Like shortly after McLaughlin returned, I know it was before his injury. It was like back in November um, where there were a couple of games where it was like ants in the bench with McLaughlin at point guard. And it was that pesky backcourt defense. It was the smart offense from Ant and McLaughlin. And it was like, it like lifted the Wolves to a couple of kind of semi comeback wins, or maybe there were wins where the Wolves had a lead and lost it. And then the bench plus Ant got it back. Now we know McLaughlin struggled mightily after returning from the calf injury. And we don't know what his future is like with the team. Um, but still, plus 14.1, that's by far his best net rating. His next best, weirdly, it was Jalen Noel, a plus 7.8. Um, the big the big name ones, uh, he and Jane McDaniels, this was his fourth best uh, two-man net rating. That's a plus 3.9. Him and Mike Conley, a plus 3.5. You go on down the line, everybody's kind of between a zero and a one, uh, or excuse me, a zero and a four. Uh, Ant and Rudy were a plus 1.2, and Ant and Cat were only a 0.1 positive net rating. 
His only negatives of note, Nas Reed, a slight negative, D'Angelo Russell, a little over a point negative, and then Austin Rivers was a minus 5.4 in 646 minutes with Ant. So I don't know if there's much to take from this other than Ant plays well with good players. You obviously want the cat number to look better, but there's a lot of other factors there. We could go to the three-man with Rudy. It's similar, right? It's kind of in that barely positive range. Um and that goes back to the bigger conversation. We had it on the Rudy review. Uh, we had, we've had it several times during this series uh, and, and since the season ended. The Ant-Rudy chemistry must improve. And Ant actually said this recently in an interview. I, I forget who had the article, but uh, basically he's, he's actually going to go to France. He's planning to go to France to, to meet with Rudy, to practice with Rudy, to talk about how they could play better together. They're saying all the right things, Ant and Rudy uh, and Cat too. So we need to see that be executed now. Will Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert actually figure out some level of chemistry this year? Because that's going to help all those playmaking numbers improve for Anthony Edwards. Like I said earlier, Ant kickouts, pretty good. The Wolves are making threes off of Ant passes the perimeter. He doesn't do it quite enough, but when he does, the Wolves are so open because of the scoring gravity that Anthony Edwards creates, they're mostly knocking down those threes, right? Kyle Anderson was like 47% from the corners. I don't know what percentage of those were actually assisted on by Ant, but it's that type of a play. Mike Conley, 46% catch and shoot guy. That's all going to be well and good. But he needs to also be able to convert with Rudy Gobert and pick and roll, with Carl Anthony Towns and pick and pop. Um, and, and that all needs to get worked out. It all, it all goes back to just the with that much scoring gravity in the middle of the floor, there's just less space to operate. And Ant said this. He said the quiet part out loud quickly this season after a game when he said there's just less space with Rudy Gobert on the floor. He, I'm just getting used to it. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But he said that back in like October, I think it was. That's true, and they didn't figure it out all season. That's got to get figured out. That's as much on Rudy as it is on Ants, and really, frankly, mostly on the coaching staff to help you know help these guys see a path to success in a you know Rudy Ant action in the middle of the floor. But all that to say, like let's not lose this. It continues to improve, and I was maybe a little harder on Ant uh, in some previous shows, and and thinking back on it, digging into everything a little bit more. I think he really did improve this year. Like he absolutely got better in so many categories. I listed them all earlier, especially offensively. He's so good defensively. The problem is just consistency. I should say problem. Consistency. And then also, I think at least I, in the context of year three, I wanted a bigger leap. That doesn't mean he didn't improve. He improved. He made the all-star team. He's absolutely better. The goal for next year should be all defense. And if he continues to improve his playmaking and shot selection, which we didn't really get into deeply, but the, the the high level there is less threes, more at the rim, which was great. Like that's what happened this year. But he also shot the ball more from 16 feet to the three-point line. You know, take one of those shots a game and make it a three. The shot selection was great. Like it, it's not a huge deal. It's just another thing he's got to keep tweaking. If that gets tweaked a little, shot selection improves, the playmaking improves, the defensive consistency is there. He's He's at least the third team on NBA next year, no question. And he absolutely could be all defensive team. He received a handful of votes this year. Um, like he's not far off from either of those. Should be an all-star again next year. And the Wolves should be better than a 42-win team. All that is headed in the right direction. Um, it may not have been a jaw-like year three leap, but it was a very strong third-year improvement for Anthony Edwards. All right, that's all we have for you today. Uh, again, Later this week, we'll, of course, have a show Thursday. On Friday's show, we will have a national guest that I'll announce tomorrow. Very excited for the conversation. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. 
You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.